This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. This episode is sponsored by The Path, the coach-guided membership designed to help you make alcohol small and relevant in your life by removing your true desire to grab that next drink. Our science-based, compassion-led program allows you not only to shift your behavior and your relationship around alcohol, but more importantly, uncover and reprogram your subconscious conditioning and neural connections that have been keeping you stuck for years. With daily live breakthrough coaching, an intimate and supportive community, regular peer-to-peer connection calls, and a complete vault of resources, this is where your path to total freedom and effortless enjoyment of your new way of life begins. Join us at NakedMindPath.com. Hi, this is Annie Grace, and welcome to this Naked Mind podcast. And today I'm here with Amy. Hi, Amy. Hi. How are you? I'm great. I'm uh, excited to be here and honored and a little nervous and but more more honored and excited. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. Yes. I'm so I'm so happy that you're here. So we got to meet because um, at Startup Grind, where Arlen Hamilton and I were able to speak to entrepreneurs because of you about about alcohol. And that was just the coolest thing. But let's get to that kind of later. And let's right now just sort of back up and focus on you and and your story. And so with your with drinking for you, where did where did it all start? Yeah, um, well, first of all, I have to can I just say that uh, I wanted to thank you and all your listeners, because um, I cannot tell you how many countless times and hours that your podcast, Annie, and your listeners just gave me it, it helped uh, influence me and change all those years of bad thinking and start looking at the truth of what we're talking about with alcohol. So thank you for that. So, Yay. and what's so cool is I think we all have very similar foundations, but yet, yet different paths to where we went or how far down the path we went. So for me, I guess I can just start with, you know, um, uh, we, we drank in high school, right? Like it was just something, it was, uh, it was just normal, right? It wasn't like an out of control thing. You would drink on the weekends or if someone had the, an occasional party, it's just kind of what you did, right? I don't ever remember it being like a problem or it wasn't, it was just something you did. You, you almost still hated it a little bit, right? Cause it made you feel bad and you only did it. Um, it wasn't quite as routine, but then I went to college and, you know, drinking was very much in the college, uh, culture. I was in a sorority and all that jazz and you just drank, right? Same thing, but it was very social, right? It was a social drinking and still it was that, um, you know, where you almost like kind of enjoyed when you didn't have to go out, right? Because you, you, you geared up for it and you would, uh, I love to drink, you know, like I was definitely going to be like a ringleader, but, um, you know, it, it still wasn't a, I don't think it ever, I still was a social drinker, right? Like same thing. I get out of school. I'm a social drinker. I mean, I'm definitely was going to be the ringleader, like ordering another bottle of wine. That was going to be me. But, um, I don't think I ever really remembered, uh, it being something where I was like, something's not right. Mm-hmm. Um, until, Later on, probably in my late, it was, I was 28, my fiance was killed in a car accident and I didn't see it at the time. I can look back mm-hmm. in hindsight and see my drinking journey. And I can see very, where I went from someone who was a social drinker, life of the party to someone who drank to escape. And I didn't even see it happening. It was so insidious. Like I can see it now, 
but it became kind of an escape and I, I didn't really even realize it. Um, and, and so, you know, you move on, life goes on. Um, and I kind of care, I, I carry that increase of drinking a little bit into, you know, my, my thirties and, and, um, but it wasn't any, it's kind of similar to like you talk about in your book. It wasn't where it wasn't like I was, I was very productive. I was super disciplined in all areas of my life, very successful in my career, good mom, all that stuff. But this one thing, right. Just this one thing kept me from being, um, it just kept me down, right? Like I, I, I knew it was a problem, but I didn't know that it was okay to talk about it because this was 12, 15 years ago, you know, you were, if you dare said that you had a problem with alcohol, you, oh, then you were an alcoholic, right? Like yeah. it was too extreme. You were an alcoholic or responsible drinker. And I'm like, well, I'm not that, but I'm certainly not a responsible drinker. So I was like stuck and I didn't know what to say, but I knew in my soul, it was not right. Like, I just knew like, this isn't healthy. Amy, you wake up at 4.15 and go run five miles and you take care of yourself. But like, you know, you, your book talks about it and it's so true. I had massive cognitive dissonance about this thing, right? And it causes so much mental pain. Yeah. Um, so I kind of just struggled with it, knew it was something weird. I mean, like I tried everything, Andy. I read all the, you know, I read all the books. I, you know, would, um, the willpower instinct, the power of habit. Cause I just got to figure out like, how come I can't, how come I can't willpower my way through this thing, right? Um, I remember the first time getting the, the first inclination or, or, or kind of light that, wait, this may not be a me thing. It's a, um, was when uh, I, Jason Vail, Vail's book, Kick the Drink. Did you ever read oh, that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The first time I read that, I started, you know, he talks a little bit. It's the first time I've been introduced to someone saying, wait, hold on. Think about when you first feel that high. You haven't even drank the alcohol yet. Yeah. And so I remember being like, oh my God, this is psychological. This is science-based. And and I think Andy, for like two weeks, I was like, I've got, and this was years ago, right? This is 2012. I was like, that's it. I'm never drinking again. Like I thought I had it down, right? But I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and so I wanted to, because then I was like, but wait, I need it. And this is so embarrassing to say, but this is true. I was so mad that I had read that book because like, you know, the quote, a mind once enlightened can never be darkened again. Like yeah. I knew the information now <laughs> and I was like, oh God. So this, <laughs> I went outside in my, the big trash can and I shoved it all the way down in the trash can because I just didn't want to see it anymore. Um, but it, the, the knowledge was already implanted in there. So I kind of went on my own way of doing, you know, like I got to figure this out. So I would do everything. Like I would go to parties and put pennies in my pocket and don't drink out, you know, everything, but then I would still over drink. And again, just all the stuff that you're listening, I was caught in the loop and I finally got back. I finally through willpower, got to where I could get to where I could moderate. I'm putting this in air quotes because if three large glasses of wine is moderation, that's that. But I got to where I'm like, okay. And I, I refer to it as, and I think I may have heard it from this term from you or somewhere. It's not my term, but I love it. The moderation monster. I was stuck in the moderation monster for years, which may be even more painful than full on out of control drinking because it, it was just years of being stuck. And I, I think I just thought, well, this is my lot in life. Like, this is it. I got to live like this. Even though I felt like something was weird. It, I remember telling my sister, I'm not physically addicted because I can stop for days and I don't need it. But I remember saying like 10 years ago, I, 
I think I'm psychologically addicted, but at the time, nobody was talking about that. But I'm like, and my sister's like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I, anyway, I fought this moderation monster for years. Awful. I just hated it. I expended so much energy. I looked to other people like I must be, oh yeah, Amy overdrank sometimes, was definitely over drinking sometimes, but it looked like I, to society, I was a moderate drinker. But what they didn't see is how exhausted I was when I came in at night. And I'm like, oh my God, I kept it to three glasses. And I'm like, this is so stupid, right? But yet I still thought I needed it. And then it was like, ha, ah, there's your book. <laughs> and I read your book. And it was just like, um, I, I think I read it in one night and then I read it again. And I mean, I didn't stop drinking immediately, but I started, I did what you said, which is stop trying to stop. And just, I followed your, I followed your, um, your book. Uh, I even did your, the, uh, I had one of your amazing coaches, Wendy. Um, uh, and I just, I did the whole thing. And I, one day remember just kind of be, you know, I, I would still like try to test the drinking, but at this point, like I would be, I just started not wanting to do it as much. And, and Arlen and I have talked about it. It was kind of the same thing. Like you're like, wait a second. I just don't think I want it as much. And then one day I don't even, I know I stopped drinking in like December of 2020 or November. I don't even remember the day. Cause I don't, it's not like I said, I'm never drinking again. It's just like, I was like, wait, I haven't drank and I don't want to. And I haven't since. And it's just all because of you. And that power of knowing the science behind it, what's really happening, the truth, you know, the, the yeah. saying, you'll know the truth and it'll set you free. And it did. And, and, and yeah, so here I am today. Don't desire it. It's just not even a thought, right? Like, and it's such a gift. Okay. I've been prattling along for way too long, but that's, does that give you an idea of like kind of my journey? I love that. I love that. No, that's awesome. That's so good. So were there any, you know, within that, were there any sort of very specific stories or moments of times where you were like, you know, something needs to be different or awareness, I guess? Uh, I could give you like 750. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the times where you're, you know, where I would say I'd be out on a, a business trip because I travel globally, you know, and I'd be going into a dinner in London or Paris and be like, okay, you're not, you're, you only have four pennies in your pocket. So stop after one glass of wine. And then the next thing you know, you wake up at three o'clock in your hotel room and you're like, oh God, like we're, why did I have to drink more? Right. And then just knowing that this is, this is terrible. Like this has got to stop. Or I'll tell you one that was, um, it wasn't one, it wasn't like a, like, I'm, you know, totally out of my mind, but it was, uh, it was very, it was a poignant moment of, okay, something's got to go here. We, there was a group of us, uh, family, um, parents with their kids, you know, someone's house. It was probably a college football game. You know, nobody was really out of control, but the parents were all drinking as the parents always do. And we had this big cooler of all of the drinks for the kids, Cokes, Sprites, whatever. And my son, my oldest son, he was probably like, I don't know, Eight at the time, he ran back to get another Coke. And I said, Jack, but I think that's like your third Coke. And he, not being smart, he wasn't being a smarty. He goes, he kind of just looked at me and my friends and he goes, but you're like on your third or fourth wine. And it just was like, boom, like, yeah. It was moments like that that you knew, right? And just added, and he was right. Like, I'm sitting here yeah. saying moderation, but yet we're pounding wine. 
it just didn't com- right so it's just all this stuff like none of this computes or you know I, I always think like or like on a Wednesday if I go to the grocery store and I'm like don't go down that wine aisle don't go down the wine aisle like having to avoid the wine aisle so you don't go down it like I always think about like I love key lime pie, Annie. I love it. And I have to use moderation with it, but I don't have to avoid the bakery when I go to Publix. Like I just don't, I'll get it on the weekend. Right. But like all these things just don't add up. Right. It just doesn't make any sense. And again, I go back to the, it was just always this one thing that I knew was tripping me up. And, and while I wasn't like out getting DUIs and whatever, I was absolutely living below my level hundred percent. And I wasn't being the best mom person professional you know I, I have a, I probably have a lot of willpower so I was getting by but it was just a waste right just total waste so I mean there I could give you a bazillion stories yeah. and just things no, that that's you great you know like so just true. even noticing even like starting I just felt like I always felt like it was um something inside me it's like this isn't normal but I couldn't it wasn't to your book that I started to go, oh my God, now I know what it wasn't normal because it was normal to everyone else. And I, and I wanted to do it. Right. But like, even like, it would always bother me like that book clubs was really just drinking or that play dates were really just the mom's drinking. I, I mean, I was participating in it, but as I was, I was like, this is weird. Like we yeah. aren't even paying attention to our kids. This is so you know what I mean? It was like that always that undercurrent that I knew something wasn't right and my gut and my soul told me that. And but yet my head was like, but this is the elixir of life. So this is how you adult. This is how you adult. This is how you it's five o'clock somewhere. Cognitive dissonance. So I just kept on going and stayed in mental pain. And you know, I mean, I don't know if that's a it, I I can give you a specific, more specific story if you want one, but that's just kind of no, that's that's great. I mean, that's absolutely great. And then Amy, one of the things that I think is so cool about you, well, like your passion and your energy and all sorts of stuff. But once you kind of had a switch, I feel like you really were like, Hey, people need to know this. You like kind of took up a mantle. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Well, uh, um, uh, well, I'll tell you a a little bit, a little bit. I'm going to tie that back to that too, but I'm going to tell you a little story. So in so this is like years of me trying to like gradually getting better. Something's not right. So in 2019, I don't even remember if I consciously said, I'm going to like do this as like an experiment. I just remember thinking to myself, okay, I'm going to test myself. If this really is the elixir of life and it makes everything great, then I'm going to use 2019 and I'm not going to drink on any business trip and I'm not going to drink on any vacation. I mean, I drank, but I would not drink on a business trip on a vacation. So I remember when I first went, it was January. We were in London and I was nervous because I was always the one that's like, order another bottle of wine. And I thought, how am I going to handle this? Do I lie? Do I? And I remember just saying, I'm just going to say the truth. Like, what can I do? Because I'm usually pretty open about it. So the first thing went around and they're like, Sasser, what do you want? Everybody calls me by my, my maiden name, last name. I'm like, I'm good. I'm just going to stick with water. And they're like, what? And of course they're like, what? Because I'm usually the one like, yeah. And I said, no. And they're like, you're not drinking. I'm like, I guys, it's too easy for me to overdrink. And I just, I'm, I lost my privileges. I'm just not gonna, I'm not gonna do it. And so it was easier. Of course, a couple people questioned like, what, what, but they left me alone. And what the interesting thing, Annie, and you know, this, because it happens to you 
I had more people come up to me throughout that year going, I think I, I think I need to cut back too, because, you know, all that, you know, all that kind of stuff. But so I was very public that I was kind of doing this and then went through all of 2019 and you know what? It was the best business year I've ever had. And it was the best vacations I've ever had. And, um, right after 2019 is when I found your book. It was almost like everything was like, okay, here you go. Now you need to read Annie's book. And it all started happening. But when it, when I did, when it did click with your book, yes, to your point, I really was like, I can't sit still with this information. I'm not anti-drinking. I'm not about like that. Like we're all adults. Like you say, mm-hmm. Annie, like do what you want. Like mm-hmm. I got friends that drink. I don't care. Like that's cool. But I just was like, there's more people like me that are staying silent because they're scared or because we don't, we're not supposed to talk about this. So I really was, you know, very focused on, this is a wellness issue. This is not even an alcohol issue. This is a, like, we talk about all sorts of things that are bad, that are good for us. Like I'm cutting back on sugar. I'm cutting back on gluten. And we're, we openly talk about that. So like, why can't we say cutting back on alcohol or I'm not drinking? So I started just thinking, okay, I can't go write a book. What can I do with my resources right here with what I, what, with, you know, with me to spread the word in a, in a, you know, non, non-judgmental, like just, Hey, whatever, you know, non-judgmental way. And then I thought, well, I can use my voice or I can mm-hmm. like when, when I realized and that Arlen Hamilton had read your book, which I did not know before I read, um, before I read your book, um, I actually was everyone your your viewers probably don't really follow the, the startup community very much. I'm sorry, that was my I should turn my oh, phone. No worries. Um, your listeners and viewers may not follow the startup and innovation ecosystem, the tech innovation, but you know that Arlen Hamilton is just a big deal in the world in the startup world. And so I followed her on Twitter anyway, because that was my job. But um when when I saw her post something about a thank you to you and naked mind, I was like, oh my God, she read the same book. So I remember reaching out to her. And I said, you don't know me, but I want to write a piece on for, it was March. I said, I want to, I want to write a, um, a piece on, uh, focus on for women's March is women's, uh, uh, women's international women's month. I want to write a piece on five pivots that females made that changed their life. And I want yours to be about alcohol. So I sent her a draft and she asked me a couple of questions, like mainly like Amy, I'm not anti-alcohol. I said, me neither. And she gave me permission to write about it. And it just opened up so many doors. People were coming to me asking like, what was that? The conversation was able to be started, right? And then I got in my head, how can I get these two on stage at a technology conference? Which is where I called up my 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 uh, friend and CMO at Startup Grind. And I said, I have a crazy idea, but we need to start talking about these wellness and productivity things as it relates to entrepreneurs because productivity is everything for us and to her credit she was like yeah we haven't done it before but if you can get them we'll do it and thank goodness you guys did it and yeah and it was great y'all were so awesome and I cannot tell you the the LinkedIn messages the the people there that were coming out to me but people that were saying like wow that was really cool but Annie on my LinkedIn was blowing up for people in like Germany going, oh my God, Amy, I'm watching this. This is amazing that these people are talking about this, right? I mean, you were obviously, you probably got that same reaction, but we do need to talk about it, but it's a wellness issue. It's not a, I feel like that that's what it needs to be. This is about wellness and mental health. And 
And, and if your drinking doesn't bother you or your mental health, awesome. That's cool. It was bothering me. So I want to talk about it. So then there's there for the people that do feel the same way that they can talk about it. Right. And, and you said something, Annie, and I don't want to put you on the spot here, but I thought it was brilliant. Um, and I was backstage, so I couldn't write it down, but you said something about the traits that most entrepreneurs and founders have almost lay over exactly to, can you talk about that? Um, yeah, I yeah. That was cool. I'd love to. And yeah. And first of all, Amy, I just want to say like the fact that like you got Arlen and I on the stage to have that conversation, which was so refreshing and enlightening and surprising for the audience. You know, we're at this startup grind, like one of the largest startup conferences in the world. Everybody is just focused on, you know, web three and DAOs and venture capital and stuff. And then here Arlen and I are, and we're like, yeah, you know what the real secret is? <laughs> it's not drinking. It was just like the coolest thing. And it was, it, I don't know. I just, I'm going to forever remember that and flying into Silicon Valley and doing that whole thing. And just how you just almost single-handedly said, Hey, let's open up this conversation in this way, in this audience. And it was, it was just amazing. So anyway, I have a lot of gratitude and I just think, I just think you're, you're just such a powerhouse when it comes to energy and any, all of that stuff. But when I was on stage, Andy, all I did is open the door. You guys did all the work. So that's the, my job was easy, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was, it well, was somebody awesome. has to care enough to open the door. Yes, I mean, that's the absolutely. thing, care enough and, and be unafraid enough and, and understand that this is not that conversation, that old antiquated stigma-based anti-alcohol fear-based, you know, sobriety recovery conversation. This is a new, different productivity, life-giving, you know, conversation. And, and I think that differentiation that you saw so clearly and then brought to other people and you packaged it. And Arlen, of course, in her persona and, and who she is also packaged it in this way. That's like, no, this is new. This is, this is not that this is something else. And it was just, it was just the coolest. But um, so when I was doing my research on, on different things, my husband and I just had this back and forth about addictive personality because he would sit there and he'd be like, but, but Annie, and I'd say, it's, I don't like, I, I hate that. I hate, I hate addictive personality. I hate it when yeah. you say I have an addictive, I just hate, it would just get under my skin, right? Yeah. Something's wrong with that. And he'd be like, but you can't tell me it's not true. Like, look at certain people, look at how certain people do this and look at how certain people do that. So in typical, you know, Annie fashion, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to find out. So I started just researching like addictive personality. Where did it come from? What are the traits of it? What are the different aspects to an addictive personality? What are the different elements to it? And actually um, there's been research done after, oops, after my research that, that I'll share in, a, in just a second, but that is just like confirms all this in the most mind-blowing way, because they bring all this neurology and brain science into it. But at this time, eight years ago, it was relatively limited, but there was five or seven different characteristics of somebody who, if you put them all together, had a propensity to become more addicted to substances. Those exact same characteristics were the same characteristics that if you put them together, created entrepreneurs. That's what it was. I was like, mind blown when you said that. Yeah. And it was like, okay, it was like, um, you know, openness to new experiences, like uh, a real fixation on, on things. Uh, there was like four or five, anyway, it's all in the snake in mind, the book, but it was amazing. The overlay. Right. Yeah. And, and it is, and I've talked to so many entrepreneurs who are like, it was, it's two sides of the same coin. The stuff that makes me believe that I can change the world is also the stuff that 
can be so painful that I overdrink. And then this book here, um, driven by Douglas Brackman, anybody who is in this kind of category, they've actually taken it down to a percentage of the population who actually has different alleles like in their DNA and how those things affect, yes, you will type very high for quote alcoholism, but you will also be (laughs) the only people who are going to be the Steve Jobs of the world and the Elon Musk and the, you know, um, Richard Branson and like the, the world changing people who are bringing around like the change, like it's, it's an overlay. It's, it's exactly the same. It's so cool. And I think that that was such a power, all of the, your whole conversation with, with Arlen was great. But that was so, I think that a lot of people came up to me and said, wow. I'm like, yeah, that's, it, it, it's just, it's amazing. So cool. Yeah. So cool. Well, it's just the best. Can well, I ask you, did you, what was your feedback? Because, um, like, because of that, I think that was your first, like, I guess, technology conference to have that conversation and you yourself are a founder, right? You're, yeah. you're what, what was your what was your uh, experience and what was the reception that you got from people from that? It was great. I think that it was really, I mean, wholly positive. And it was interesting because I had a lot of people reaching out to me for things that had nothing to do with alcohol, but were very much in the like tech space or sure. collaborations or different different things like that. Um, but what was really interesting is that the the audience that I have, you know, has has been corporate people because yeah. that was my journey before I was a founder of anything, I was in corporate. And so, and moms, you know, a lot of women and, and it was just, it opened up just a diversity of conversation. And I think especially among men who, because that is the, the startup world is, is still quite masculine. And it, it was just like, oh, wow, this can be a superpower. And I've actually had conversations with people who since entrepreneurs, who since they have stopped drinking, have been able like add a million dollars to their bottom line within six months. Like just these success stories that are mind blowing because the time and effort and mental noise and capacity that they were putting in, their brains were using on this, should I drink? Should I not drink? How much, when come like internal dialogue suddenly could be focused on, and it, and it is about rechanneling that kind of obsessive nature, that fixation, that um, need for new, right? The need for variety, like all of those things are part of those um, personality traits that create uh, people. And it's just about like rechanneling it into something that's, that's really useful and helpful. I heard this and I don't, I don't know where I heard it. So I'm, I'm going to quote it wrong. Heard it from a few different sources, but anyway, I'm not going to give a source, but I heard this idea that how we fulfill our, our internal like desires, mm-hmm. we can do it in so many different ways. And we can measure those ways with like, are they good for us? Are they good for the people we love? And are they good for the world? Or are they bad for us, bad for the people we love and bad for the world? And if you were kind of going to Venn diagram that out or like map it out on a little check mark, you'd get three or four different types of things. And if I look at how I filled my needs, Mm-hmm. Like my need for variety, my need to feel connected with other people, my need to feel important, my need to feel um, like fun, my need for fun, right? All of those things. When I filled it with alcohol, it was bad for me, <laughs> bad for the people I loved, bad mm-hmm. for the world. But when mm-hmm. I rechannel that into like, you know, writing books or speaking on a stage or hosting a podcast, guess what? That's good for me. It's good for the people I love and it's good for the world. And I think that that perspective and that flip is, is a lot of the feedback I got. It's like, oh, 
oh, I can, I can rechannel this. And I think so many people, another piece of feedback that I've gotten from so many entrepreneurs is like, you're the first person who told me I didn't have to. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was like, I know like we all right, have right? this have to mentality when it comes to drinking. It's, and that's, that's the crazy part. That's the, the culture mind. I don't want to cuss. I won't cuss on your show. Oh, but you can cuss yeah. we marked every episode explicit just in case. Okay. So. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just insanity, but like, yes, that's the, that's, that's the thing. I love the, the rechanneling because it really is, you know, we were able to, if you think, when we think about all the mental waste that we've done and, um, that for, for someone like an entrepreneur or anyone, it could be anybody in your life, but like we're talking about entrepreneurs, they, to think that they can increase even 10%, 15%, 20%, like that's massive. Like that is, and, and, and clarity of thought and being able to, and this even goes into things like, I see this a lot too. Like we know that, you know, it's going to increase your anxiety. We know that it's going to throw your chemical, your bio, you've just like, biochemically jacked yourself up from the moment you start drinking. And I see, I see a lot with like people's inability to self-regulate, right? So they're more emotional, they're more irritable. They don't make clear decisions because they're hungover. And then as you know, what's the, what's the, what's the, um, the cure for that? Go drink some more. And it's just so in the culture with tech and entrepreneurism and hardcore play hard, that yeah, like no one told. I love that that person said no one told me I didn't have to drink, and that's just like, wow, right? But um, it's crazy. It's one of the one of your. Um, I hope she, I hope I can use her name, but Wendy, you're awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like a coach, love her. Um, by the time I got to her, I was like, she was like, yeah, you're pretty good. Like you're. What, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I just want to want to make sure that I don't fall back into those habits. And she said, okay, where's one of your triggers? And I said. Cause I'm pretty, um, uh, I'm a hard worker and I'm just like, boom, boom, boom. So I wake up early. I do, I, my alarm clock goes up at four 15, unless I didn't sleep well. Right. I'm, I'm very scheduled and when, and I work hard. And so she goes, when do you, when, when did you feel that urge? And I'm like, it's almost like I felt like I deserved to have a glass of wine. Right. Very common, like, oh, deserve. And I remember she said, well, channel that into something else that you enjoy. What else do you love? I'm like, well, I love learning. I love podcasts. She goes, go on a walk. Like, and what, what I realized is that my running wasn't an outlet. I had to run. That's part of who I am, but that's not going to fulfill that need that five o'clock witching hour. Right. And when I started doing that, Annie, what I realized in, in your book talks about is that I kind of rode the wave of that need and it just went away. Cause I was on my, like that need or that desire to want to drink just went away. Cause I was giving myself something. I was learning. I was um, on my podcast. I was walking, right. It was just a channeling that kind of trigger that urge into something else that is I mean it's just it's 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 just incredible but um yeah I'm I said I would not fangirl you on this to be beha- to behave myself but it I mean like your book is just it's life-changing for people and it was life-changing for me and I just want other people if, if one person listens to this and goes, oh my God, I was kind of like Amy, then that's awesome, right? Because then that, maybe that person will go tell someone else and not in a judgmental, like, again, like I still hang with people that drink. That's cool. I don't care. But right. if, they, if they get curious and ask me, that's awesome, right? Like, because it is just a, you know, it's, it's freedom. It's just freedom to be 
you know, sitting here drinking my ginger ale and not feeling like I need a glass of wine. Right. I mean, yeah, I love that. It, it, that's the word for it is just feeling free and not feeling, I don't know, for me, when I would not be drinking without like having changed my mindset, I never felt free. And I just felt like I even felt more stuck, not drinking emotionally, mentally yep. more stuck. And, yep. and that just was terrible. That, yeah. Because you, again, using that cognitive dissonance, it, we weren't free. Like I can do it. I mean, I got some, some of my friends still are kind of like, like, wait, so you don't want to drink at all. It's bizarre. They can't understand it. And I was there one time where I'd be like, what you don't drink. Right. Like, yeah. And I said, and, and I try to couch it, couch it in like a more of a wellness thing. And I'm like, you know, all I can say is I used to eat Big Macs and I just don't eat those either anymore because I don't crave them and they're not good for me. Like it's kind of the same thing. It just doesn't, it, it just, it doesn't compute, but um, it, it's, it's just hard because you look around and it was your book that finally got me to look around and go, it's everywhere. Like we're yeah. soaked in alcohol. No wonder people are kind of like, <laughs> I need it. Right. Like it's, it's, it's crazy, but I mean, I, I, I was a pretty highly productive person, but like, since I don't have to do the moderation monster anymore, which was exhausting, right? Like ugh. now that that's free, um, I, I, I'm getting my master's, um, I'm more productive. I'm, you know, I can be more creative, all the stuff we know. Right. And it's just, I don't miss it. Not one bit. Like, I feel like it's a privilege. I don't have to drink. Like what a gift. That's the, that's the beauty of it. That's amazing. I mean, what I'm telling you, you know, but <laughs> what, what are you getting your master's in psychology? Amazing. I know it sounds weird for, I'm a communications, um, a marketing communications person, but actually, so I was thinking any, like, I just love to learn. I always have, I've always, always been kind of like, not even like, I like the process, not even the end. Just, I love learning. I'm sure most people do. And so I knew I wanted to go back and do something. And finally I was free of, I had so much more mental energy, right? And I wasn't battling the moderation monster. Um, and, and I thought to myself, I'm 49, I'm too, I don't want to go back and get an MBA. I'm not, I'm not going to go back and get a master's for my career because I'm, I'm, I don't want to do that. So I was thinking, I can't think of something that's better for a communications executive than, than, than learning psychology, but it's for my, but it's going to hopefully make me a more insightful and better person, mother, friend, executive, right? To just kind of understand a little bit more about why we do what we do. And it's been fascinating too, because so much of what you know and your book has, has, has taught me, we're learning, right? So like, you're just like, wow. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm doing. And it's, um, it's just been, it's been great. Like, I love, love, love human behavior psychology. It's like, Gosh, why we do what we do. So fascinating. It's funny. One of my, um, we were doing something on, it was cognitive dissonance. And she said, our professor said, you, you, you have to write a paper on something that you, that, you know, on cognitive dissonance and a real thing. So I wrote about mine with alcohol and went all through it. And she was, um, even my professor was like, oh my God, not because my writing was so great, but because the, 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 the correlation between drinking, she's like, this could be a thesis. Like you should think about like, this is wow. But she even was like, this made me think about hmm. alcohol in a different way. Right. Because again, we don't, we don't think about it and just how bizarre it is, but it's been, it's been fascinating. That's interesting. I should figure that out how to submit it as a thesis and get, get a PhD. So then 
people yes. stop giving me crap for just having, not being a PhD. <laughs> no, he totally did. Because what's so funny is she was saying that I was like, I'm not smart enough to do that. But you came to mind. I'm like, God, Amy Grace, you just, you, 100% you could do it because you've done all the work. But and so get funny. published and, and, and get a real academic, uh, yeah, be a PhD too. So that was so good. Um, well, this has just been so awesome, Amy. Thank you so much. I'm going to ask you the question I always ask at the end, which is, you know, if you were going to go back in time and talk to Amy and I love, well, first, can you just explain the pennies in the pocket just for people who might not understand that technique? I, I kind of glossed over that and I realized that people might not be familiar. with. Oh, sure. Sure. So when I was battling the whole, like, oh, I've got to, I've got to learn to moderate because that's, I must, something's wrong with me. Um, I would put uh, like four pennies or whatever, five, if I wanted to drink in my pocket. And every time I drank, I would take one out. Right. And so it was just, I mean, I was doing anything to help me stay moderate, you know, in moderation. So I, in a perfect world, when the pennies were gone, you didn't drink anymore. Sometimes that worked, Danny. Sometimes yeah. I didn't care because after your three glasses in, you're not exactly, you know, your, your frontal lobes have shut down and you're just like party on, but that's what it was. It was just, you know, really it's kind of sad, but it was a way to try to keep me when I knew that I would have a willpower challenge. It was a way to help me, you know, trick my way into it. Mm -hmm. I love that. So if you were going to go back in time and tell the Amy who was with the pennies trying to, trying to, you know, she could moderate, but she'd come home so exhausted from the effort. And you were going to tell her about what life is like now, what would you say? Uh, there was never anything wrong with you. It was mm. always the alcohol. It, just keep going. You're, you know, like I, that's probably the, cause that was the, that was the main thing. Like society was telling me, oh, it's because you, you're, you're an alcoholic. And I was like, but I'm not, I'm not, I, I would even go to AA meetings Annie, and I'm like, but I'm not that I'm certainly not a responsible drinker. I would just say, yeah, you're not broken. You're mm. not, you're, you're not, it's not you. <laughs> you're drinking That's so good. You're drinking a drug. You. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's the same thing. Like if, if I was, you know, if I was, you know, snorting cocaine, it, you know, it, anyway, you, you get it. it. I would just tell myself, it's not you. It's not you. You're okay. You're not broken. Cause we're not so much. I was um, just scrolling through TikTok with my kid the other day. And one of those TikToks came on, it's like the 20 most dangerous drugs in the world. And then like, it was going through them all, you know, heroin, cocaine. I was like, are they going to get it right? Are they going to get it right? Are they going to get it right? Number two is blah, blah, blah. And then of course, number one is alcohol. I was like, all right. Yep. So, yeah. because I, I know that from my research, but it's amazing how hidden that fact is, you know, that like when you say you're drinking a drug, like, yeah, why do we even differentiate? Like it is, a, it is not only a drug, it is hands down without a doubt, according to multiple data points and sources, the most dangerous drug on the planet. So it's absolutely. Yeah. But well, this has just been awesome, Amy. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. It's just been such a pleasure. No, thank you for having me on. And thank you for writing your book. <laughs> you're welcome. It's Scott Pinyard, head coach here at This Naked Mind. Are you ready to make instant changes to your drinking? The answer is not in restriction or deprivation, and you don't need more self-control. I am here to tell you that you can break your patterns and habits and finally feel liberated from alcohol. You can return to a life where alcohol is small and irrelevant for you. It's a non-issue. Take it or leave it. 
Annie has three secrets to control your drinking and she and I are going to teach them all live in a special three-day free virtual event. Learn the three secrets to control your drinking and make changes instantly live with us. Don't miss this amazing event. Learn more and save your spot today at controlalcohollive.com. We can't wait to see you there. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today. 